Hey, this is Diana, the Bard of Hudson. What the heck does that mean? A bard is just a storyteller. So here I am to share stories with you. What was it like growing up in the 60s and 70s? Did I really meet Bob Marley on an airplane? I hope you enjoy listening to my crazy life and that it inspires you to share your stories in some way. One great way to share your thoughts with me is through my Patreon page at patreon.com slash Diana the Bard. There you can see the photos and written materials that enrich my stories with visuals. Please check it out. And wherever you're listening, please rate and review and share the podcast. I'd love to hear what you think. At the end of the day, human connection is all we have. Enjoy. Hello, thank you for being here today. It is a beautiful sunny day. There's your weather report. (laughs) I had such a fun weekend with my friend Andy from college days, from the Birdman. And we had a great sleepover. And no, nothing happened. It wasn't like that. But I invited him to come and stay overnight because he lives in Philadelphia. And we talked about coming up and getting together so that he could help me tell the story of a band that we were both in together. And we recorded a podcast episode and it was very, very fun. And it's going to come out later because it is a long one and it's also more technically involved because I'm going to play you some of the music that we recorded. And so I have to figure out how to do that. Ah! (laughs) So that will come out later this month. Just giving you a heads up, going to be a lot of fun. But I told him, he's like, how do we start this thing? And I was like, well, I gave them a weather report. And it was nighttime. So he was like, it's dark. (laughs) It was very fun. So it is a beautiful sunny day. And the daffodils are out in full glory these days. And I'm just always struck at this time of year by how the color yellow just pops out everywhere such a happy happy sunshine color and I'm so grateful for the color yellow today so I have in front of me a few sheets of long yellow legal paper and on them is a letter from Pat to me in October of 1990 there was a brief period there where we were not able to talk reasonably and logically to each other it always seemed to escalate into crazy complaints and wild imaginings so for a little short while there we wrote a few letters back and forth so I thought that maybe I'd let you hear Pat's point of view first because certainly it is not a point of view that I could possibly have experienced or understood unless I also had twins but it was the point of view from which she just barricaded herself in and didn't seem to be able to receive any kind of comfort from anywhere. So it was a rough time. But here's her letter. Today the tea was much more successful than I could have ever imagined. It was great for me to be able to have these women and their babies over to my place. It's great for me to be able to socialize on my own turf where my kids are free to sleep, cry, scream, or do whatever they want. It's home for them. I really appreciate your giving me the opportunity to do this. Without the idea and your help, I couldn't have done it. I would never have had the courage to try. 
So she was talking about a little tea that I told her to throw for a bunch of the moms and the babies and have them all over at the same time so she could start building her own mom and baby group that would be a source of support for her since, you know, I didn't say so since it's not me, but since it wasn't working out so well with me that maybe some more neutral ears would be better. But there weren't any women with twins in our lives. So that was still going to be an area that people didn't really understand. In any case, I'm continuing with Pat's letter. Life with the boys is certainly far different than what my visions had been. I guess a lot has to do with the fact that I always only saw myself with one baby and I'd only seen other people with one baby. But I guess in some way it fits my life so far since most of my life hasn't been the usual way other people do things. Maybe just like I never imagined having more than one baby, at least one at a time and not two at once, it's hard for others to understand what two are all about. The women here today seem to have a pretty good understanding of it though. Could it be because they're also in the throes of infanthood and most have found or are finding it difficult or different from our expectation? When I see women with one baby, I get really envious. I envy the way they can pack the one baby up and get in the car and go wherever they want. It's not like that for me. I envy the way they can devote as much time and attention to the one, and it certainly isn't like that for me. I envy the way they don't need as much help as I do. Probably one of the hardest, believe it or not, things has been for me to have help and not to be doing it all myself. When I try to do it mostly by myself, I end up not being the kind of mother I want to be. And that's a real heavy trip. A lot of this has caused a great disappointment for me in myself because I can't do it all alone, because I don't have the mobility others have with just one. And because all in all, it seems harder to integrate two babies into my lifestyle than it appears to be with one. When I think back on Savannah as an infant, I see you taking her all over easily. Just you and Savannah getting into the car and going wherever. Of course, if you were shopping or anywhere, and she cried or needed to be picked up, you could just stop and do that. With the two, it's not that easy. What if I try taking a walk with both of them and they both need to be picked up? How do I carry two and push the carriage? Or do I leave one to cry? And which do I carry and who do I leave? It's not just logistics. It's mostly a big emotional deal for me. Imagine not being able to comfort your crying baby. Today when I came to get Maki and you were making the costume and Savannah was roaming around, it looked so peaceful. And I thought, well, Pat, maybe in another year you can sit and do whatever while Noah and Aiden wander around. But a loud part of me also said, no way will that happen. Just like their infancy is unlike any I've ever seen, so will the next stage be unlike any I've ever seen. I've stopped expecting it to be just rolling along like it does for everyone else with one baby. And here it is 10 p.m. I'm in bed with the monitor on. Christina is at the studio and Virginia is off tonight. So I'm alone with them. And every time they turn over in their crib, my stomach turns and my heart races. They'll probably sleep. But the great fear is that this will be the night they both wake up at the same time screaming or one will wake the other. And then I'll have to call Christina and interrupt her work and ask her to come home and she won't be happy. So then there's two crying babies and a whole lot of tension. The stuff peaceful nights are not made of. You said that when you see me, I look tense and nervous. Well, I am tense and nervous and have severe anxiety attacks. It's a tense situation having two infants. It doesn't matter who's here or not here. It's the nature of the situation. 
It's also hard for me to hear that someone said my babies were acting up or that one of them is a difficult baby. They're not. If either one were my only child, he'd be perfectly manageable. It's hard to treat them according to their individual needs and feel balanced. I guess anyone with two or more children knows that, but with infants, it's a little sharper. There's also the very real problem of my being truly overwhelmed and quite depressed. That's really hard for me to deal with other people around. That's what I was trying to explain to you today. Since they've been born, it's been my experience that when most people stop by, they are only interested in some light chit chat and not really wanting to know what's going on with me. I don't have the energy to sit and play that I'm in heaven with two babies. And if I can't tell the truth about where I'm at, then I'm not interested in talking to anyone. The anxiety attacks are real and quite severe every morning at around 5 a.m. Christina is a little better at helping and not losing her patience when they cry or whatever, but that's recent, very recent. I feel like a single parent. I feel like I'm in this alone. Even the women I talk to whose husbands aren't 100% involved have more involvement than Christina. I knew she wasn't into it all the way, but I did expect more in terms of emotional support. It is getting better, but I still feel quite alone in this venture. I feel really strongly about needing someone in my corner. I guess I could go on all night. I know I have two beautiful, healthy babies, and I'm grateful and happy for them. They are a lot of work, and I'm incredibly overwhelmed and mostly pretty depressed. I feel alone. I feel like my life has ended, and there is this new Pat who I don't even know. My identity has been shaken to the core. I hope that you can understand some of what I'm saying. I'm not looking for a response. I just wanted you to listen and understand what's going on with me. It's all become so scary and serious. I don't believe that for everyone out there, it's a big ha-ha either. Not what I hear from the women who were here today or the women I see on Thursdays. So I don't think it's that different. I just need to be able to admit what it's really like for me. Thanks for your ear. So that in Pat's voice is what it felt like for her. And I understand especially with some hindsight now, I understand that it was very, very difficult for her because she was completely blindsided by what the reality of parenthood would be like with two babies at the same time. And I know because my roommate Anne also had twins and she also talks about that time in her life as being the most challenging, difficult, upsetting, depressing time. And I... I can't, I can't imagine it, you know, from the point of view of twins, but many, many women, even with one baby, get very overwhelmed and postpartum depression is a real terrible wallop. And I was fortunate that I didn't really suffer in that way, but I think every baby, every infant is a challenge because you are no longer important. You are a vehicle to help that young thing grow. And that is all you're there for. And I know that there were so many times when I was a young parent that I was just resentful and angry and upset that nobody seemed to care about what I was interested in anymore or what I wanted to do or what I thought about any events or situations. They just assumed that I was a mom, whatever that was. And it was not what they were interested in talking about. So I had to either suck it up or walk away and go rage somewhere else. 
And it sounded like that is what it was like for Pat as well. And I think it's more common than she thought it was. But she really got into this place where her letters made it sound much more thought through. But when she would talk in person, she would just scream at me. You don't know what it's like. You have no idea. You don't, you haven't gone through this at all. So nothing that was in my experience was anything that was useful to her, even though she asked for advice a lot, but then she never took it. And so that's very frustrating to me. And that is my experience has been my experience in a lot of areas in my life. My mother only just recently asked for my advice, and then I said so, and she said, well, I'm not prepared to do that. I'm not going to think about that for a few years. And I'm like, okay, well, you're going to look back in a few years and go, gee, I wish I had listened. I'm not to say that I'm, you know, like the font of wisdom for everyone, but it's just perplexing when people ask for advice, and then they already had their mind up, and they're not ready to listen anyway. This situation with Pat was much more violent and upsetting than that. And it went on for years in one way or another. And I know that there are a lot of other layers in there for me. And I'll explore that more as I go. But at least before you get more of my opinions, you got to hear her voice. I have more letters from her and maybe I'll share them. But I'll see you next time and I'll tell you more about that next time. Thanks for being here. Want to make some juicy passive income but don't know where to start? You need to check out Girls Trade 2. Girls Trade 2 is an online community of women learning to trade in the stock market so they can boost their savings and get off that dang hamster wheel of work, work, work. So if you want some help figuring out the stock market, check out a free web class at girlstrade2.com. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to connect, you can find me on Instagram at Diana the Bard or on Facebook at Diana Green. And check out my Patreon page at patreon.com slash Diana the Bard for photos and other fun additions. And if you're enjoying the podcast, please subscribe, share, rate, and review wherever you're listening. It makes a world of difference and helps others to find the show. I'd really appreciate it. Thanks so much. Bye.